You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. You've had a long day at work, and you can't wait to just get home, take off your shoes, plop yourself down in your favorite chair, and relax. Ah. You walk up to your tranquil residential home and your neatly manicured lawn in your quiet suburban neighborhood, put the key in the lock, open the door, and... Yes, the pets have gone wild! What were you thinking? Welcome to the show about everything you always wanted to know about exotic pets. Where to get them, what to feed them, and how to care for them. You'll even find out why some people live with a monkey. Now, here's your host, exotic pet expert and author, Bob Tart. Hey, Bob, what were you thinking? Hi, I'm Bob Tart, host of What Were You Thinking? And I'm not home being beset by the demands of all of our animals. No, I'm away from all that. I'm visiting Peg Markle, director of the Wildlife Rehab Center in Grand Rapids, and watching her respond to the demands of all of her animals. Now, these are all critters that are being rehabbed. Uh, They were either injured or orphaned, or in some cases had an illness. And um, Peg, how many animals do you have right now? Right now, we probably, and we're slowing down on baby season, we probably have 150. 150 animals in here right now? Mm-hmm. Okay, and in a typical season, how many animals do you get? 16, 1,800. 16, 1,800, wow, that's incredible. And, of course, you have a huge staff helping you with everything. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of money to work with, I tell you, and we just can pay top price for all these People that come in, including me. So it's basically Peg and her husband, Roger. Now, does Roger have a title? Roger's president, believe it or not. Okay, Roger's president of the wildlife. Not that he wants to be, but he's uh, he's president. (laughs) Okay, what's your title? I'm executive director. Executive director. And since you mentioned money, let's start right out by uh, giving the website. What's your website? I think it's... um, (laughs) Peg's looking for her website. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And you can visit the Wildlife Rehab Center website. It's www.wildlife-rehab-center.org. I'm glad you got those hyphens in there. I know. They're really important, I tell you. Those computers need to know what to do. So I will also have the link. That was a crow you might have heard in the background. I will also have the link on the What Were You Thinking website. Um, Super. How long have you been doing this? Probably about 20 years. We just started dabbling in it, knowing a lot of vet friends. Um, went on and got our state license, our DNR license, which allows us to do mammals and reptiles that we get. Then we got our federal license, which takes care of all migratory birds, predatory birds, uh, waterfowl, songbirds. And how did you get started doing this? We got started knowing Dr. Bennett, Dr. Durham, a lot of the vets. Um, and Dr. Bennett, he is the vet for the zoo, in the John Ball Park Zoo in Grand Rapids. Right, right. And he got us going on it. He he volunteers his services, the animal clinic, uh, his staff. We always ask him if he's sorry he got us into it. <laughs> and he said, nope, nope, somebody, somebody had to do it. And um, he, he donates a lot of time to us. Yeah, we, I, we couldn't do it without him. Yeah, Dr. Bennett, he does uh, free medical work, veterinary work on any of the animals that need it. And that includes... Yes. Surgeries. Surgeries. Yeah, a lot of surgeries, broken legs, broken arms, animals that, uh, waterfowl that have swallowed 
lead sinkers and they're stuck in their stomach and lead sinkers are fatal to birds. Uh, a lot of different surgeries he's done for us. Yeah, a lot of nasty stuff. Mm. Since I never pass up an opportunity to plug my books, I should mention that uh, Peg and Roger are in both of my books and my books mm -hmm. are Enslaved by Ducks and Foul Weather and they're in there as Marge and George Chedrick, and that was um, just a little thing putting the phony names in to uh, protect myself because I could not present Peg and Roger in all their splendor. Uh, all depends <laughs> on what day it is, Bob, and what time of the day. <laughs> but uh, So there's a little bit about them in, in both the books. You can get just a tiny little hint of... Uh, what their what their place is like and I hope you get uh, more of a hint because uh, we're gonna go out to the barn and uh, see what kind of animals that uh, Peg has there today so you want to do that sure okay let's take a hike okay we're inside now and uh, I'm seeing inside a very large uh, animal carrier a great blue heron and Peg what did you say is wrong with the with the heron he had a compound fracture of both the radius and the ulna. That's a, those are wing bones. And he went through surgery. He's got quite an incision. He's got pins in both of them. And he will, depending on what happens to the weather, we might have to winter him. And he's going to be a pretty, pretty expensive guy to do. You can see, Bob, his fish bowl is empty. That bowl was completely full of smelt. Oh, dear. And how many smelt a day will he eat? Well... That was his one meal today, and they're smaller smelt. He probably ate at least 50 of them. Okay, now you were telling me something a few minutes ago that really surprised me that, uh, I mean, these are gorgeous, graceful-looking birds, but I had no idea how dangerous that they are. Very dangerous. This was not Dr. Bennett in the animal clinic. We took this bird in from another vet here in town, and she uh, she admits it was her own fault. Um, with these guys, the first thing you have to do is grab that beak because it's what... Eight ten inches long probably, and it's used for spearing fish, and they'll go for your eyes. And she uh, tried to to grab him to because he was flailing around with his broken wing, and she grabbed the wings and got her right on the cheekbone. She's lucky she didn't lose her eye because they go for eyes. Yeah. And she's she's uh, got quite an injury on her cheekbone, and she's going to end up with a with a nice shiner. But she's lucky two inches further up, and she would have lost her eye. So they're you, you have to treat them with respect, and you, you have to know how to handle them. So this isn't a bird that you're going to want your volunteers working with? No, no. What were you telling me about the temple? Yes, and if they miss your eye and get you in the temple, that goes right into your brain, and they'll kill you immediately. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. So we try not to uh, take these guys into the clinic. We try to do what we can for them, and definitely none of our volunteers are even get close to them because we, we don't need any injuries. And they're not as used to handling them as Roger and I. We're, we've we've done a lot of handling with these guys, so we know. But you just you you know you have to be careful. Now I wanted to mention a couple of weeks ago, Peg and Roger dropped off a green heron at uh, our place, and um, that was a uh, release that went pretty well. Uh, scary you, for a while <laughs> there. Scary for a while, and uh -huh. we're going to be talking about that on another show. And. Uh, Peg, you probably didn't realize it, but I uh, recorded the release, too, so Did we got you part really? of that. Yeah, yeah, so we're going to talk Beautiful. about that on a, on yeah, a later that, show. Yeah, that made us uh, a little scary there for a couple yeah, days. Yeah, but, but he did okay. Yes. Now, yes, do you do you have some other animals in here? Well, let me see. These are these are squirrels that all have neurological problems. Okay. They've all been into the vet. We're on hold for them. Now, what does that mean when you say neurological problems? They were probably either fell from a tree, were hit by a car, nothing's broken, but it's... 
it's spinal cord. Okay. And your your spinal cord with the injuries, or it could have been a head injury. I think one of them is. And it's like a, when a person gets a concussion, it just it just takes a while for they're either going to slowly come out of it, or or they're not going to get any better. But these three are all young ones, and they've all been in to see the vet, and they're all on hold. So how does it usually go when you have squirrels with a neurological injury like that? Do they usually make it? 50-50. And sometimes it takes a while. And what kind of care do they need? Uh, just supportive care. Okay, but, just, but for instance... Um, how often do they have to be fed? Do you have to hand feed them? How does oh, that work? No, they eat by themselves. They do, and their their bowls are filled up in the morning. They have fresh water. Their bowls of food are filled up in the morning. If if they're big eaters, we'll fill the bowls up again at night. But this is unlike baby squirrels, and you have to feed the baby squirrels how often? Every four hours, round the clock. Round the clock. And so you're not sleeping a whole lot. No, and there's <laughs> what? There's flying squirrels. I have baby possums in the house on the heat. I probably, every four hours around the clock, I've got 16, I think, that I have to hand feed. Wow. So, yeah, it's, it's, it makes long days, but that's what we're here for also. And I have some very good subcommittees who are licensed under us also who help with this. So you have good helpers? Yeah, yep. Okay. And did you say you have a screech owl this, too? Yep, there, and there's a, there's a flying squirrel Oh, there's a flying here. squirrel. I have never seen one of those. I don't know, and there's two little ones in the house. I don't know. If they're hiding, I don't want to disturb yeah, them. Yeah, she's probably in her thing okay. hiding because they're nocturnal. Yeah. Oh, dear. We've got four baby possums? Five. Five? Yep. yep. I never learned to count. <laughs> oh, they're cute. Yeah, these guys are going to be wintered, along with the other seven I still have in the house on heating pads, and I've got another one coming over this afternoon. Now, you don't do raccoons, right? Is it because no. they're rabies carriers? They carry, well, rabies, distemper. They also carry something called raccoon roundworm, which is carried in their feces, and it's um, fatal to humans. Okay, but uh, possums are a different matter? Possums, they have a lower body temperature. Possum, you don't get a sick possum in. You get something in that's been hit by a car in the wintertime. It has frostbite on it because Michigan is not the best place for possums because they don't do a true hibernation. But their body temperature is 95, 96. They carry no bacteria, no virus. They're, they're just not, not a good spot for them. Okay. Aren't they? They're, they're basically animals with sort of a southern range that have expanded Virginia, their territory. Virginia possums. That's right, Virginia yep. possums. That's where they came from. And they, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of years ago, they started migrating up here. So Now, do people have pet possums? Is, is that legal anywhere? No. Okay. Well, it's not Michigan. Okay. I don't know any other places. We do imprint them. For the zoo because uh, they like to use them in education programs and we've done it even for I think it's Brookfield down in Chicago uh, we've done it for other Michigan zoos you make them very friendly you can even litter train them wow they they're the only marsupial in North America mm -hmm. that's why they want female possums and they have more teeth than any mammal <laughs> around very yeah. sharp teeth yeah. they need a lot of calcium they eat bones a uh, sad part of it, males live two years, females live three years. That's it? Mm -hmm. Very sad. Oh, I had no yep. idea. Yep. So it's, it's, it's fun to imprint them because then they can take them to classrooms. We can teach people that possums aren't the nasty big rats that everyone makes them out to be. Uh, they eat garbage. Mm -hmm. They eat dead stuff. They're kind of God's garbage disposal. But they, they don't eat garbage when you have them. Yeah. Oh, no, no, they don't. They, uh, we, we keep them on the, the uh, milk for a long time because they, they have a high need for calcium. Now, since uh, 
what were you thinking is basically about exotic pets. Uh, one reason I'm here is I just want to talk to you about the fact that in addition to the wildlife, you also do end up with some domesticated birds. Uh, you've given us, uh, Linda and I, a couple of Muscovies. So um, mm -hmm. I want to thank you so much for giving us Victor, the Muscovy who, oh, likes, yes. who likes to chase us and uh, 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 bite Muscovies Linda. Muscovies have their own personality. They're just sweethearts. But oh, we love him. We yes. love Victor. He's mm -hmm. a character. But you've given us, I think, three yes. or four Muscovies. Yeah. And uh, Dove we had for a while named Jesse. Yeah. And now, how do these birds come to you? Uh, usually they've been injured. Quite often it's cat attacks. We we don't even want to get into the subject of outdoor cats with me. Okay, so. but our um, and they we take only because I I we don't take dogs, we don't take cats, we don't take domestic animals. Occasionally, we don't take uh, usually we don't take domestic ducks unless we can find a place for them. I recall that the dove you gave us, she was a ring-necked dove, mm -hmm. and what happened was she just appeared in somebody's yard. So I think in some someone probably and it's domestic, so someone probably released her. I've got two in the house now that were brought in as cat attacks that uh, get them going on the antibiotics fast enough, and they come around. Okay, and um, probably some of the domesticated ducks or the geese, they just get dumped somewhere, don't they, by people who think they want them and then they don't. And then the water freezes over yeah. in the wintertime, and we get a lot of calls on that. Yeah. We had a guest a couple of weeks ago who calls herself the crazy critter lady. She lives in uh, the Toledo area, and what she does, she goes out every day and she feeds domesticated ducks that were released on a pond, and when they're sick or injured, she captures them and takes them to the vet. So that's very, that's that's, very good that's work. That's good, yeah, because they're, there's people who get them in the springtime for their kids, and they think they're cute, and they just release them at any open water. The water freezes over and they're they're domestic. They they can't fly. They're just kind of left there to freeze to death. So we get a lot of those calls in the winter time. Okay. Did you say you had a screech owl too? Yeah. There's a screech owl with a, it's a little gray one. Okay. What kind of shape is the screech owl he's in? He's got a broken right wing. He oh, he's gorgeous. Down in Caledonia, um, by the side of the road. After he sat there for two days, somebody picked him up. He's just and beautiful. And he's been in to see Dr. Bennett and. He's a, he's a good guy. He's eating fine. He's doing everything fine. Hopefully, he's going to be releasable. We do um, work pretty closely with, with John Ball Zoo here in Grand Rapids. They they did take an unreleasable beginning of the year gray screech from us. They were also looking for a red screech owl, and that's one of our options. And if we can't release an animal, it has to be euthanized unless we can find a... a an educational facility for it to go to and they were looking for a red-faced screech so but so this that's great that that bird found a home and of course ideal is for them to be released and that's you think right. the outlook is pretty good for this one hopefully dr bennett thinks so good you like and i see a turtle yes it was a it's a box turtle and he was hit by a car we get a lot of turtles like that but He's not in too bad a shape. We're just waiting. We're still a little soft on that shell So there. The, the shell cracked the bottom yep, part of the shell? Yeah, it was all cracked through here, and this leg was in, injured. He wasn't bad enough. When they're really bad at the, the clinic, they, they fiberglass them. They do. They, they mm -hmm. actually put, like, body... Uh, yep, just like a car, and we release them. Usually they have top shell damage, but his, uh, it was on the, on the back. He looks pretty good. Now, what kind of an environment will he be released into? He's uh, he's not a water turtle. He'll be released. You can see he's got water to drink here, but he's in the leaves and stuff. He'll be released out in the woods someplace. Does that make him a tortoise? No, he's not a tortoise. No? No? Um, oh, you got to see Roger's new pet. Uh-oh. <laughs> what is it? 
a desert tortoise. Yeah, I got to see that. We'll be right back with more of What Were You Thinking after these potentially important messages. What Were You Thinking? We'll be right back after Bob gets the ducks out of his living room. Don't go away. There's nothing like a shaggy dog, baby. They're shagatonic. And this is the place to find out how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Oh, yeah. So stop by our pad every week and get switched on, baby. Switched on to the show that's all about attitude. Oh, behave. With your groovy host, pet edutainer Arden Moore. Yeah, baby, yeah. Every week on demand on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, ducks are in the pond, rabbits in his hutch, and monkeys... Oh, in my car! Oh, okay, well, I go check my insurance policy. We'll turn you back over to Bob. I'm talking with Peg Markle. She's the executive director of the Wildlife Rehab Center in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and the website is www.wildlife-rehab-center.org. And Peg, oh my gosh, Peg just brought in an extraordinary. Is this a tortoise or a turtle? It's a tortoise. What kind desert of tortoise? This is a uh, what kind of a? Is it just called a desert tortoise? No, he has a name. It begins with an S, and I can never <laughs> remember it. Someone else more more knowledgeable in uh, reptiles can come up with it. Don Coning has one, and she's. Coming up this weekend to bring Roger some literature on him. and Wow. He's quite handsome. He weighs 14 pounds. And so what would his typical natural environment be? Desert, I, I guess. desert, Desert yeah. from, and I'm not even sure what desert down, if it's South America, if it's, I'm not sure. And this was somebody's pet and they couldn't take care of him anymore? They were moving and were looking for a home for him. And, of course, you needed another animal. <laughs> kind of like the tarts, huh? <laughs> well, we have it easy compared to you and Roger, yeah. I tell you. So he's uh, he's uh, only six to eight years old. He lives to be 100. He can weigh up to 300 pounds. Wow. So it's something 300 pounds? They get very large. It's something you put in your will. <laughs> yeah. And we, uh, we already have people who would like to take him after... After we're gone. <laughs> Do they want to hasten your demise so, so that they can get the turtle? They might. So they, yeah, we've already had several volunteers who said, uh, we'll take him. Now, I didn't know Roger had a soft spot for tortoises. Did you? Roger has a soft spot for anything <laughs> that needs a home. Now, can, uh, can he be touched or anything? Or yeah. is he? does he yeah. nip or is he? No, he might do some hissing. Oh, okay. I don't want to bother him. But look at his... He can pull in completely, but look at these feet. Oh, that's amazing. And I think that's for digging. Yeah. And we do, when Roger gets home, this is his baby. He takes him outside, and he uh, lets him get some exercise. He named him, this is real original, Bumpy. <laughs> yeah, he does. He has a bumpy shell. I was trying to think of what it reminded me of, but... Uh, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. Muskegon's scared to death of them. Oh, okay. But look at Oh, my. He's pretty neat. Yeah. His shell almost looks sculpted to me. Yeah. He's gorgeous. Yeah, and look at those legs. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay, sweetheart. Okay. And he eats 
course, he's not going to be a cheap one. He eats cherries and blueberries and strawberries and greens, and oh. he gets he needs a little bit of protein. So every once in a while, he has a little piece of raw steak. Oh no! Mm -hmm. You you it's couldn't you couldn't get one that just ate some kind of kibbles. No, we can't buy 50-pound bags of food for him, and he eat, he eats an awful lot. So It'll be fun getting that fruit in the wintertime. You'll be, have to be paying some kind of... Uh, well, we already bought the little half pint of raspberries that were three ninety nine. Uh huh. Yeah, How long did it take him to go through those? Oh, he would, between him and it, well, he's sharing his food with the box turtle right now. The strawberries and the blueberries and the cherries and the raspberries. Now, have you had pet turtles or tortoises before? Mm -mm. So you don't really know what to expect? No, or... no. And that's why Dawn has her big old one that she's going to be Roger's mentor on it. And, and I guess you even have special cream that you rub on their shell. Oh, my so gosh. So it doesn't dry out. And, and I don't know. So she's coming up this weekend with her books because he definitely needs to do some reading up on him. But he's, he's pretty neat. Yeah, he's, he's gorgeous. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for talking to us. I'm talking to Peg Markle at the Wildlife Rehab Center in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And, uh, you know, this work doesn't come cheap. And uh, please uh, donate money so that uh, they can take care of this great blue heron over the winter. And uh, you said you're probably getting a woodcock uh, in. A woodcock, and they eat uh, 50 night crawlers a day. Wow. And we're, if he comes through surgery, okay, he's going to have to be wintered also. Wow. So these, these guys, they get a little expensive. I think our operating budget is probably between 75000 and 100000 a year. But you are a nonprofit organization. We're a 5013C. Okay. Yep, and any so you, donations are tax deductible. Okay, and I can't think of a worthier cause. Oh, the tortoise is moving. I can't think of a worthier cause. And let me give out the website one more time just to really drive it home. It's www.wildlife-rehab-center.org. And uh, if you go on my website, bobtart.com, you will find pictures of um, quite a few wild birds that uh, Peg has allowed us to uh, rehab over the years. We, because you are, you are licensed. Yeah, you, that's exactly right. Yes, uh, Linda and I are... You're licensed, you're sub-permitted under us, so whatever you do is, is legal. But I just want to say we do just a very, very little bit of volunteer work, but uh, we just love the birds that you bring us, and you'll but see... But you have such a good habitat for a release of some of the birds. Yeah, we do, we mm -hmm. do, and yeah. uh, we, we've really enjoyed doing it. So you can see pictures of them at bobtart.com, and also uh, on the Wild Bird page you'll find a link. Oh, <laughs> the what tortoise is, doing? is doing something. He's dancing? You'll find a link to uh, Peg's website, oh, I too. wonder if he's... Are you okay. going to the bathroom, or what are you doing? You itching yourself? <laughs> Thanks, Peg. Well, thanks so much to Peg Markle for letting me visit the Wildlife Rehab Center. It's it's always fun going over there and seeing the animals that she has. Oh, that's the truth. Um, my wife, Linda, is joining me, and I want to talk a little bit about Muscovy ducks. Now, um, I joked with Peg towards the beginning of our interview about, uh, I thanked her for giving us a Muscovy duck named Victor. Mm -hmm. And that's been kind of what you might call a mixed blessing. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm going to talk a little bit about Muscovies in general, then we'll talk about Victor. Now, 99% of the ducks you see in barnyards are all, they're, they're mallards, basically. They're different colors, different shapes, different sizes. You have the big white barnyard duck, the white pecan. You have the little call ducks. Um, you have just all kinds of color variations. But these were basically all bred 
from mallards. Even the pe white pecans. Yeah, the white pecans are it's considered amazing. mallards. It's amazing. But there is another kind of duck that you see occasionally, which is not a mallard derivative, and it has not been bred, interbred so much that it's lost um, a lot of its wild characteristics, and that is the Muscovy duck, and it's a tropical duck. And what country did it come from? Do you know? I don't. I don't really know. I think it's South American. There's a feral population in Texas and in Florida and in some other states. There are a lot of escaped Muscovies, and the climate is warm enough that the Muscovies do okay. Uh, Muscovies don't do that well in really cold climates. No. Uh, why, don't you, why don't you talk a little bit about why they don't do very well? Muscovies have this peculiarity, at least the ones that we have had. Now, other people have spoken differently about them, but our Muscovies do not like water. They, of course, drink it, but they don't like to go in the pools the way the other ducks do. I believe it must have something to do with their genetic heritage, the climate they were in, or I, I don't know the reason. They're land ducks. They don't care for water. Consequently, they get kind of, as their feathers get older, they their feathers get kind of brownish looking, and it, the little solution of taking a bath wouldn't occur to them. They don't do that. So when they get uh, uh, older with their feathers, they are kind of dirty looking. But no, they don't They don't go in the pools the way the other ones do. And their feathers don't seem to have quite the water repellent quality as far as we've no, noticed that, that mallards do. They don't seem to. They don't preen themselves as much or something. Yeah, we had a Muscovy that once, uh, in the middle of winter, froze to the ice. It's not as bad as it sounds like. What happened was um, he must have been in the pool and uh, sat on the floor of the duck pen, which was icy at the time, and he ended up getting frozen to the floor. I couldn't understand why all the other ducks in the middle of February came out and were out in the yard. And Hector, he just was sitting on the ice. And I went out there and, you know, I had to had to free him from it. And then he was fine. And walked out into the ice. So they're a different kind of duck. Yeah, they look different. They though. look different also. They have a fleshy red around their beaks. And on their face. On their face, that's what I mean. On the above their beak and around their face is this fleshy red. Kind of a fleshy red mask almost. Right, And right. they're a very stocky goose-like duck. Yes. They tend to be blacks and blacks and whites and some either greens, pure white black, yeah kind of iridescent mix with the black sometimes but predominantly black and white or white now instead of quacking they're they're quite quiet or at least compared to a quacking duck they they hiss they throw back their heads they pant uh, i guess it's more panning than hissing and they it also waggle like their tails yeah and like this is dog. one this is one tough duck they are and we'll talk a little bit about victor about the toughness um you have had some fairly unpleasant experiences with Victor, haven't you? Victor seems to be under the illusion or whatever that he's the head of the barnyard. And if you walk into the barn, he considers that an affront upon his territory. And he lets you know it by coming up and standing as near to you as he feels he can and acting like he's going to nip you, which he will if you allow him to. He's pretty stealthy because it isn't like some other... Uh, aggressive animal that'll just run right up to you. What, in my experience, what Victor likes to do is he likes to just kind of hang around you and just slowly work his way in back of you when mm -hmm. you're not seeing him, and then suddenly he'll Bang. nail you. He, gets, he leaves a mark on your skin that's kind of a welt, and it really hurts. He <laughs> no, has a serrated edge to his beak. That's the thing. Not pleasant. That's the thing. His, his bill has a little hook on the end of it, and uh, it's serrated, and man, you really feel it when you, you feel get it. bit by you a You have muscovy. a little mark that will last you a good two, three weeks. Mm -hmm. Now, I have to say, in other ways, I think he's a pretty nice duck. He, yeah, he likes you better than he does me. Yeah, I don't get that problem with him anymore. When we first got him, 
Uh, there's a, a story in my book, Follow Weather, about a shoving match I had with a duck. And uh, I'm embarrassed to talk about it a little bit because you have to be an idiot to get in a shoving match with a duck. I mean, what do you gain if you win? And That's right. if you lose, it's, it's silly too. But I was out there one night and he was trying to bite me. And um, I had a push broom with me, so I just put the broom between me and the duck. But he kept coming at me, so I kind of held the broom. And before I knew it, I was sort of shoving his chest to shove him back. I, I wasn't hurting him, I was just shoving him back. He kept coming at me. And it escalated, and he just got wilder and wilder. And I realized that he thought this was some kind of a fight to the death or something. He was enjoying it. He was enjoying it, but he was quite enraged. Oh, and yes. um, I was getting mad, too, until a little voice inside my head said... This is a duck. Yeah, do you realize you're having I'm a shoving a match with, with a, a duck? duck? You yes. realize this is maybe... Who's stupid here? <laughs> so I stopped, and it surprised me that he stopped, too. He threw his head back and did his little panning, but... Um, you know, he was still aggressive at that point from, from then on, but something changed in a little while. He began to molt. And when ducks molt, sometimes they're... they're they don't pretty, feel real good. No, they don't feel well. Uh, a lot of birds, a lot of wild birds in nature, they lose a few feathers throughout the course of a year. They'll lose some... Um, Think some, on their head. Yeah, or, or they'll lose wing feathers, something like that. But ducks ducks drop a huge amount of huge. feathers all at once, oh. and they lose the power of flight, not that our big fat muscovies anyway. can fly. But anyway, Victor wasn't feeling well, and at that time we had another Muscovy duck named Hamilton, and Hamilton always wanted to be the top duck. And so Victor wasn't feeling well and was kind of hiding while he was molting. And one reason he was hiding was because Hamilton, who was not molting, was coming after him and was exactly. bothering him. Yeah. So I felt sorry for Victor, and I used to go uh, and give him little pieces of watermelon. I found out he liked watermelon, so I'd go behind our old pottery kiln where he was hiding, and I would shake out a few pieces of watermelon next to him, making sure not to get too close. Exactly. And he ate them. And I know it sounds odd, but from then on, I, I have that. I have never had any trouble with him whatsoever. I don't know if it's gratitude, if a duck can feel gratitude or not, or if he's just come to connect uh, not attacking me with getting fed. But ever since then, you know, I've had, pretty nice to you. had a good relationship with him. Yeah. So um, they're very personable ducks. They have a lot more native intelligence than mallards. Uh, you know, I, so. I love our white pecans. We have three white pecan ducks now, and we have a lot of really nice ducks. But I just think that uh, the Muscovies are a little sharper. He once hurt his foot, and he let me lift up his foot and uh, put some betadine on it and uh, sponge it off a little bit. Not and, every duck would allow that. Uh, no, I mean, most ducks would be, what are you doing? Help, mm -hmm. help, he's trying Even to kill me. Hurt, yeah. But, um, you know, Victor Victor did quite well. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about Ramon? Ramon is another Muscovy duck that we got from Peg at the Wildlife Rehab Center. Ramon has a totally different personality than uh, Victor. He's timid. He has a great fear of everything, just the exact opposite of Victor. And he's a great big duck. He looks a lot like Victor, but he's just, I don't know if Victor has intimidated him one too many times or what it is. He tries to stay way far away as he can from Victor, and he tends to be afraid of most everybody except the chickens. 
As a matter of fact, he hangs around with the chickens a lot, or some, a lot of times just by himself in a, a separate lane from the rest of the ducks and chickens. Sometimes you'll see him uh, in the Off evening. Off by himself. Or roosting with the hens. The hens like to see... Uh, Muscovy ducks actually can roost, um, fly up and can sit on... I guess they sit on pretty uh, stout branches in their part of the world. Oh, in the trees. Yeah, and so he'll fly up and he'll um, roost on a railing, which is sort of interesting to mm -hmm. see because none of the other ducks do that, only the muscovies, and sometimes we'll find them in with the chickens. Yes, and I, I have uh, heard from one of our workmen that he actually has romantic relationships with the chickens. Which yes, I'm afraid. He's not too pleasant sometimes. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. happy I haven't seen that. Yeah, too much. I, I'm afraid I've witnessed the uh, romance between. Uh, Not a happy thought. It's pretty one-sided romance. Yes, I guess. but you can't picture him really being mean to anything. But the workmen claim that he's kind of rough with the chickens sometimes. Other times he just looks so innocuous and very timid and mm -hmm. shy. And he does like me to. He will linger around the first when you first come in the barn. There's a long. Uh, alleyway and he'll sit over there by himself and I really he's conveyed to me somehow that he wants me to feed him there so when I'm giving treats to everybody else I have to make a special little trip over that first alleyway and feed him separate because he doesn't like to have to contend with the other creatures for his food and it's just the way he is he's just so shy but uh, but he does have once or twice a year where he turns around because of his hormones or something, and he will turn on Victor. Yeah, that's right. very infrequent, but it's it's an odd thing to see. And it's also odd once in a while in the summer to see them both together hanging out. So they're they're very interesting ducks, and um, we have a couple others we'll talk about on another show. We have one name, a female named Rosemary Clooney, and we have another female named Juanita, and they're both very, very sweet. Very they sweet they ducks. have sweet dispositions. Yeah, the females are great. The males. Yeah, I like the males too. They're very, very personable. Yeah, different. And I've heard from lots of people who've emailed me telling me how much they love their Muscovies. So. Well, the one that we had, which was a Hector, used to sit on my shoulder. Yeah, imagine a big goose-sized duck sitting on somebody's he shoulder. Would, if I was sitting, he would scramble up my lap under my shoulder. I don't know how that ever started, but I have photographs of it to prove yeah, it. Yeah, it's on my website, bobtart.com. You go to the section of my website that says Enslaved by Ducks, and um, I think the, uh, I forget what the chapter's called, but you'll want to look at all the animal photos anyway, and you'll see one, see one of Hector. So He's a beautiful dog. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's all the time we have this week. We want to remind people that we want you to be our next guest. We want you to do just like uh, Peg Markle did today and talk to us. Uh, you know, talk to us about your animals. We can't wait to hear from you. So email me at bob at petliferadio.com. And who knows, I might be talking to you next week. That would be just great. So thanks to all our listeners, and thanks to our very mysterious producers, and thanks to Peg Markle, and thanks to Linda. Yeah, thanks, Peg. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye. Thinking about buying a monkey? How about a ferret or a skunk? Then check out the show that will answer the burning questions, where do you get them? What do you feed them? How do you take care of them? And most of all, what were you thinking? With exotic pet expert and author Bob Tart. Every week on demand from PetLifeRadio.com.